0: Hello, everyone. I'm Paris Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership with Tom Fox, hosted by Richard Lummis.
1: This is Tom Fox. Richard Lummis is on assignment this week. So I am visiting with Amy Bernard Bond, a well-known compliance and leadership expert, to take a look at five of the top leadership failures and scandals from 2019. In this series, we look at leadership failures at Boeing, Goldman Sachs, Ericsson, Wells Fargo, and today we begin with Boeing. The series is a lot of fun and very topical, and I know you will enjoy it. This special series 12 O'Clock High is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Amy Bernard Bond in our five-part exploration of corporate and leadership failures from 2019. Today, we're going to take up one that had a long tail and may have a long head uh, going forward. It's just not clear at this point, and that, of course, is Wells Fargo. So, Amy, first of all, welcome back.
0: Thank you, Tom.
1: Uh, Amy, I think we have visited on this case for several years now, and uh, um, but last year saw a uh, yet- uh, uh, at least more uh, challenges and struggles by the bank, starting off with uh, they could not, uh, first of all, their last CEO uh, was just uh, made some terrible missteps in public that led to his <clears throat> resigning to pursue other opportunities. Um, and so, but they uh, search for a new CEO, lasted, I believe, longer than three months. So maybe we could start there. Why was this perceived to be the most challenging job in corporate America, and now having filled that role, um, if the CEO called you tomorrow and said, "Amy, uh, give me three things you think I should be doing. What would you tell him?
0: Okay, Tom, good questions. I'll start with the first one. So why was this one of the toughest jobs to fill in America? Well, because it's it's a it's a tough job. It took him six months, actually, to fill this job. <laughs> You know, and they had to sweeten the package to $23 million. So, you know, I, it, it was a struggle. Um, you've, you, the bank needed someone who was willing to take on a, a serious turnaround while enduring incredible scrutiny from regulators. And as you probably know, they still are under regulatory growth restrictions. And that's just horrible for a bank to be under. You know, in your bank, you want to grow, you want to take in more deposits, you want to make more loans. So banks essentially do two things. They they loan money and they take in deposits. And so if you have a regulator restricting your growth, that's just you know not an attractive thing to a banker that wants to grow. So you have to have someone who's willing to take on those things. So uh, you know the new CEO Charles Scharf is an experienced guy. He has a good pedigree in banking and he comes from outside the industry which I think is key. You referred to you know, Tim Sloan's massive blunders. And he was an internal hire, you know, after John Stumpf. So it raises a really interesting question, Tom, that I know it's near and dear to your heart. You know, was Tim Sloan really too much a part of the old culture to really make it, to really turn around Wells Fargo? I think history is going to say probably, you know, no, uh, based on what happened. Um, so, you know, Wells Fargo had to go outside. They knew that. And actually when Charles Scharf was proposed, in a, in a very rare disclosure from the bank regulating authority, the office of the controller of the currency, they uh, made a statement that they, quote, did not object to Charles Scharf, which is really, um, you know, exp- their way of expressing appreciation, I think, for having an outsider come in, um, because I think the regulators think that, you know, it, it needs a reboot. Um, and in what could probably be rated as one of the understatements of 2019, Sharf you know, publicly said, quote, you know, we do have the opportunity to raise the standard. So, so that's uh, where we are with, with, uh, filling the position. Um, in terms of the top three things that I would advise uh, Charles to do if I was executive coach, you know, I would number one, uh, set a new standard of what gets rewarded. I think the biggest, uh, thing I see whenever I look at all of the Wells Fargo, um, unethical consumer practices, the fake accounts, the unnecessary car insurance, the improper mortgage fees. It all stems from incentives. Um, And they had a compensation policy under John Stumpf. Eight is great, which, you know, he would go around telling people, you know, eight rhymes with great and you got paid more if every customer had at least eight products on their account. And that's how people were paid. And um, that's problematic. That's not how you put customers first. Um, they really need to go back to their roots. So I would look at what's get, what gets rewarded. Second, I would be looking at the team and doing a really thorough analysis on who stays and who goes. I really want to know who's salvageable and who's not, um, both from an optics standpoint, from a perception of ethics standpoint, as well as actual conduct. Um, because the leaders, he's not going to be able to do this alone. He's got to have a really strong team where they are working absolutely lockstep with the same self-awareness, the same willingness to question, um, no retaliation, you know, open culture. Um, he's going to have to figure that out. And then the third and most important after setting the standard, looking at incentives and getting the right team in place, the third is he has to enforce the standard. Um, He has to have total transparency and follow-up. If there are questions, if there are complaints, if there are concerns, they have to be uh, willing to look at those openly and honestly and and follow-up, and they have to transparently show employees that they are following up and that there's a new uh, culture that's being built here that they can be a part of.
1: Amy, how would you suggest wearing both your compliance hat and your HR hat how would you suggest a conversation go around the compensation issue? Uh, most companies tend to put compensation in the HR department, but here you've, I think, absolutely correctly nailed the incentives that the compensation structure drove uh, as one of the leading pro- uh, generators of, of the problems. How does that conversation or how should that conversation go between two disciplines who may not discuss that uh Very much. Great point. They should discuss
0: it. It's it's a strategic imperative, in my opinion, to get away from the ethics. Many of the ethics problems that we are discussing uh, this week, Tom, stem from not engineering incentives properly. And compliance should be at the table, particularly looking at incentive compensation. It's something I always did in my programs. Uh, I was tied at the hip with HR. Uh, COMP and benefits around, around perks, around sales incentives particularly, because as you know, those those can be the biggest leakage in terms of all kinds of violations. Um, and, and that's where the greatest variable COMP comes in, as opposed to fixed compensation. Uh, it's usually in, in sales. Um, so it should be reviewed. It should be a part of everyone's risk assessment
1: Amy, um I am probably one of the more vocal people in the compliance community who have said I am never going to have an account at Wells Fargo. Um but I don't think you feel that way and uh uh if I were uh so inclined uh, or or if you were going to try to persuade me otherwise, what would you say to me or someone like me about why I should give Wells Fargo a chance in the future?
0: I would wait. <laughs> I wouldn't tell you to go in uh, right away. Um Good question. I had an account with them when I first moved to California from the East Coast. I, I would look for signs that they are making the changes they need to make. Um, so I'm cautiously optimistic. And again, I think they're one of the great uh, American companies. You know, founded in the Gold Rush, have a have a you know wonderful history as the Pony Express and delivering mail across the West. And there's I think there's a certain romance, and I'm probably um, subject to that. Having you know adopted the Bay Area as my home now, and you know you go into their offices and you see the the, uh, the stage coaches, and it just they were built on grit, and they were built on um, entrepreneurship and helping people, you know, actually you know get money into a bank as opposed to put it under their mattress. So. I just, I just hope they can turn it around.
1: And then this uh, scandal, this continuing scandal is one that has been going on at least uh, five years. I'm sure there was a regulatory investigation before that. How do you try to keep your employee base not simply motivated, but moving all in a direction where they're not completely depressed? Where else and what else are we going to hear about?
0: Yeah, they, they've had a lot of people in retail leave, just, you know, consumer facing, they've been a little defensive about that saying, you know, it's, it's, it's a normal rate, but I don't know. Um, having worked in banking myself, uh, you know, good retail people are, are, you really want to keep them. Um, it's, it's a tough position. And um, so I, I would say you'd have to have boots on the ground. You'd have to have really strong leadership, um, regular meetings. Um, I, I would really want to be close I would have a, a communication strategy and a management by walking around strategy at, at the top, middle, um, and, and bottom-up levels to, to really engage employees to make sure that they are feeling like you really care again. Because clearly this is a culture that for a long time um, ignored complaints, fired people that were whistleblowers. I mean, it's just astounding. What was it? 5,000 people were, were terminated? Right, it's um, it's horrible when you when you think about it from a from a culture standpoint, from an HR standpoint, from from uh, just a human capital standpoint. Um, there's going to be a lot of rebuilding that needs to be done.
1: Uh, Amy, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I hope our listeners will join us uh, tomorrow for our concluding episode, where we're going to look at the newest. Uh, corporate scandal on our list, one that uh, literally arose uh, to the public's consciousness in 2019, that being the company Ericsson. Amy, I look forward to continuing the conversation. Me too.
0: This is Paris Fox again. We hope you enjoyed this episode of 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership with Tom Fox. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and rate the podcast. Thank you for listening.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the five-part exploration I'm engaged in with Amy Bernard Bond around key leadership and corporate failures from 2019. I hope you'll join us tomorrow for our concluding episode where we take a look at the largest FCPA settlement from 2019, the Swedish company Ericsson.